Okay. So before we get started, can you give us a quick rundown of your background and what your company is about? Sure, sure. So um, as a background, I am a, uh, a pharmacist by undergraduate training that went to business school and spent the last 30 years in uh, the more traditional uh, pharmaceutical industry from uh, big pharma, sales, marketing and business development to biotech drug development on down to distribution, retail, and managed care. So this is sort of the industry I've grown up in and been trained by. And um, you know, I got started in this new initiative, um, BioQuark, because you know after those 30 plus years, I became a little dismayed at the fact that an industry that uh, generates a trillion dollars a year around the world in revenue and spends $200 billion on R&D uh, every year uh, was very poor at developing cures for any of the chronic degenerative diseases responsible for uh, human suffering and death. So ultimately, we crafted this company uh, from a slightly different angle, sort of looking at nature, uh, sort of going back to nature and looking at all the wonderful species out there that are capable of all forms of regeneration, tissue repair, uh, age reversal, uh, and basically thought, you know, how can we reignite these capabilities uh, in humans? Because most of these uh, are things that we as human beings, unfortunately, uh, have lost the ability to do. Uh, we lose uh, any of our uh, major organs or body parts, they, they don't grow back and, uh, and we are left with non-functional scar tissue. So ultimately, we wanted to create a company that did something a little different, looked beyond the, the current model of just treating a disease uh, and, and move more towards how we cure and reverse a disease. You talked about a species that were able to do age reversals. What kind of species are you referring to? Well, most organisms that regenerate, so we're talking about lower organisms like amphibians, uh, planarian worms, uh, certain types of fish, have the ability to replace lost or damaged organs and tissues uh, that are identical in both structure and function to the original, um, including spinal cords, limbs, hearts, eyeballs, even, even large parts of their brains. And the way they do this is uh, by basically turning back the cellular clock to a point before the damage occurred uh, and starting what we'll say life over in those particular tissues. Um, in much lower organisms like certain jellyfish and hydra, we see that they can do this on a whole organism basis. So uh, basically go about their life and uh, at some point later on decide, you know, I'll become a, a kid again or a child and turn back and reprogram all of my cells in the body to an earlier youthful state. And so, you know, the core of what we study here, whether it's for regeneration, disease reversion, or age reversal, as in the case of uh, those organisms, is how that cellular rewind occurs and how we can, as a company, using biologics and other tools, stimulate that reversal uh, in humans. And uh, ultimately, for the purposes of health, uh, regenerate and repair the tissues that we as humans 
lose and degenerate as we get older and age. Now, listening to you, what you just said, I, I had another question: Is how do you translate that from a fish or an amphibian to a human being? Great question. So, um, as humans, you know, we have a human genome which uh, we deciphered uh, about twenty years ago, and you know, aside from finding out uh, all about the unique genes that humans possess, you know, one of the things that we found out that was sort of less publicized was the fact that the genes that we have in humans are pretty similar to most of the species that have come before us, um, whether that's dogs or snakes or frogs or fish. Uh, there's a lot of crossover in the genome in general. What is different uh, is the architecture of the genome. And so what we as a company have done in our strategy, unlike many that are focusing on, say, the genes, uh, and genetic engineering, we are looking at basically how those genes are controlled uh, in the uh, intermittent architecture between the genes. And basically studying how the reversion processes that exist in nature, both in lower organisms and in humans in certain cases, because there is one place in humans where time is reversed, and that is the point in time when we are first formed uh, during fertilization, and basically take those learnings which have existed now uh, for the last 70, 80 years in our first studies back in the 1940s and 50s of cloning research, but instead of focusing on human cloning, focus on the substances and the compounds responsible for that rewind and apply them in the form of biologics and other bioproducts in humans. So we are not doing any genetic engineering, but we are looking at how via other natural approaches, we can take substances and compounds that can affect the genome, both not only in the uh, developmental process, but in the uh, rewinding process that normally um, every human on this planet goes through when we are first uh, created. Okay, so on that note, you have got a um, number of, pro uh, I would say, uh, products on your website, one of which, BioQuantine. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Absolutely. So, <clears throat> you know, BioQuantines are what we refer to um, in our materials as so-called combinatorial biologics. So um, if one may think of a traditional drug like an aspirin or a Tylenol or a Viagra, um, everything that the pharmaceutical industry produces today for the most part is a single drug substance. Uh, however, when we go out and study these more complex forms of regeneration and repair in nature, uh, for instance, when that little salamander loses his uh, spinal cord or a part of his arm. The regrowth and regeneration isn't caused uh, by a single substance. Uh, nature does not use the single magic bullet concept that the pharmaceutical industry does. It doesn't work that way. Nature is much more complex. So what we are trying to achieve with bioquantines are basically to create combinations of biologic products that can recapitulate the entire process that one might see in regeneration or complex repair. Because uh, as, as lucrative and interesting as single drug substances are, um, they are not good enough to 
yield complex uh, biologic events of this nature. Uh, they may be very good at uh, uh, hitting inflammation or the immune response as with traditional drugs, but when it comes to doing some of the more complex forms of regeneration that we're talking about, you need multiple bioactive substances there. So our thinking about combinatorial biologics and bioquantines, as you know, we brand them and refer to them, is how can we put these uh, cocktails of substances together in the right form, standardization, uh, to yield a pharmaceutical end product that you know, may look like a traditional drug, but can do much more than a traditional drug uh, because it is doing it in synergy and in combination, much more like what happens in nature and happens inside our bodies than what the traditional sort of drug development model uh, is set up to do. Speaking of single drugs and combination products, you talked a little bit about cancer on your website. Mm -hmm. How does your, I would say, technology, how is it different from, say, a single drug substance or other existing forms of um, treatment in terms of the way it works on the human body using what you just talked about previously in terms of um, the substances uh, that, have, that helps the genome rewind? Excellent question. Uh, and just pointing back for a moment to nature. Um, everything on this planet gets cancer, uh, from humans uh, to primates to uh, reptiles to trees to fish. We all get cancer at some point on this planet. How lower organisms deal with cancer is decidedly different than how we do. Uh, and what you see in the lower organisms uh, biological world are species that don't try to kill cancer off, but change it uh, and basically take that tumor and turn it back into normal tissue and survive very happily via these mechanisms. So the war on cancer to date, uh, as it exists, has been based on what we refer to as a, a kill centric model. Uh, and whether we're talking about the broader shotgun approaches of the past, that is surgery, radiation, and chemotherapy, or the more targeted approaches that you see in the news nowadays, immunotherapy, uh, CAR T cells, smart drugs. At the end of the day, they are both focused on a kill event. Um, but that's not the way nature does things. And we see problems on both fronts, whether we're taking a shotgun approach and trying to blast tumors away and killing a bunch of healthy tissue, or what we're seeing on the targeted front where you have drugs that work extremely well, but for a very small amount of people, um, there's something that we're missing. And so we are taking the approach that history and the world of systems biology now is showing us that tumors, as we've looked at them for the last several decades, are not exactly uh, what we've thought them to be. We've always come into this as an oncology system, looking at tumors as this uh, homogeneous mixture of cells. So basically, uh, one cell type that's just going crazy and producing millions of itself. That's not what we're finding out in the year 2017. We're finding out that tumors are baskets of cells. They are combinations of cells. They're heterogeneous. And so whether you blast it away with chemo or whether you are looking for that smart drug, if you're only hitting part of the tumor that has X mutation and the rest of the tumor does not, 
you're doing a big disservice. So ultimately, our model, once again, is about reprogramming. It's not about a kill event up front. It's about how we look at that tumor. And with the same reprogramming concepts that we see in nature, take those cells that are now, because of mutation X, Y, and Z, are now in a metastatic malignant state and erasing what has happened and putting them back in time towards the tissue of origin or the tissue where they have now metastasized to, turning them into normal tissue within that environment. And we think that this is a, a much more holistic approach to the problem that still kills 8 million of us every year. And you begin to see um, this wave, although much of the oncology system is still based on a kill-centric approach, you have been since, say, the last eight or nine years beginning to see this challenge uh, emerging in the cancer system that says, hey, let's not just look at this as a cell-based disease anymore, but more of a tissue-based one. Uh, and when we do that and we look at you know, sort of the concept of what cancer is and what it is not, uh, we can have much more integrated approaches that avoid the problems of both the historical and, unfortunately, a lot of the sort of the, the hot stuff that's in the news nowadays. If I were to kind of put what you just said to visualize it, how, mm -hmm. how do you reverse someone who already has cancer? How do you reverse that to the day before that person has cancer? How, how does that work? Well, if you think of a, a cancer cell as a normal cell that just has a variety of uh, genetic and epigenetic damage that has been accumulated over time, uh, our goal is to target that tissue and erase those changes. And that uh, is the same basket of tools with the bioquantine materials that we use for regeneration for tissue reversion. So basically, using these materials to erase the damage that is done already, and then also feeding the, the cells that now have been cleaned up, in quotes, with other bioactive substances that allow them to integrate and form into the tissue they are currently in as new healthy tissue. So basically, uh, we're erasing the history and then stimulating the cells forward in time to be part of the new healthy microenvironment that they find themselves in. And, you know, this is, while it may seem somewhat of a, a, a unique concept, you actually go back in the literature, uh, back to the 1930s, when we were first studying carcinogens uh, on a variety of animal models. And there are fascinating papers out there that are sort of forgotten that, you know, we study these carcinogens in all sorts of species just to figure out what they were. And when you come to the regenerating organisms, you find these fascinating studies where they gave a, a tank full of uh, salamanders this horrible carcinogen and they developed tumors. And two weeks later, the salamanders are tumor free. And it was always one of those things that um, people had scratching their heads and saying, well, there's someone messing with my experiment. No, what we're finding out now, 80 years later, is that it's the regenerative dynamic uh, that we saw responsible. We didn't understand it then, but now that we understand the underlying reprogramming and rewinding of cells in the regenerative dynamic, we are now understanding, hey, it is the same dynamic that we're seeing in both cases. And now we're reconnecting it here, uh, unfortunately, you know, 90 years later, but 
um, with a sort of a 21st century mindset on what's going on. So if someone actually has cancer, do they just pop a pill with bioquantine or how does it work? Uh, no, but you know, most of the bioquantine uh, materials will be uh, parenteral uh, delivery because we are dealing with proteins, peptides, microRNAs, uh, a variety of naturally occurring bioactive materials that um, unfortunately do not work well in the gut uh, because of the, the pH. So at the end of the day, we will not have pills, but we will have other parenteral formulations very similar to most other biologics, whether they are uh, proteins or uh, interferons or vaccines, so to be administered in a, in a more traditional pharmaceutical sense or biopharmaceutical context. And um, any recent tests or trials that support your approach? Yeah, we are. Uh, we have been making a lot of headway aside from you know, the work that we've been doing in terms of uh, CNS uh, models and uh, cancer models in our own labs, you know, we have begun partnering uh, ex-US uh, because while we are a US company, we, we realize that there's 200 other countries out there uh, with different regulatory systems and we have to you know, plug in and do relationships and collaborations all over the place based on, uh, on the nature of of how research is done nowadays with the globalization of medical training. But we have had some very uh, interesting preliminary clinical data, phase one type work uh, in both uh, spinal cord injury uh, and related lesions, whereby uh, we are studying the uh, reversion uh, and regeneration of uh, scar lesions in paralyzed patients. Uh, and some of this is going on right now and we will be uh, reporting on it shortly, but we have seen rather fascinating uh, transitions from uh, the uh, Asia A status of sort of complete uh, paralysis with no movement, no sensation, on up to Asia C so far uh, with uh, reestablishment of uh, sensation and urination function and and uh, and some minor uh, movement that is uh, getting us very excited in terms of our uh, strategy and our process because you know one of the major problems has been specifically on this front and it, which has been sort of thought of as something that sort of stem cells would be able to address by themselves is, is not just how you stimulate new uh, nerve growth in a spinal cord that's been injured but how you get rid of the scar tissue that is present and how you ultimately make the nerves reconnect in the proper way. Um, and this has been extremely eye-opening for us. Uh, in the fact that we're a biologics company and not a stem cell company per se, but uh, some of these results have been quite eye-opening and, and is an, the CNS as an area for us as a company is extremely important just because of the uh, the nature of the of the market and how it is predicted to develop in the next 10, 20 years. Um, but uh, this has been uh, an important part of our plan. Uh, the, the other thing we've been doing on the clinical front on the non-Rx part of our business has been uh, a lot in the area of skincare, um, not just on the sort of the cosmetic dermatological sort of beautification front, but also looking at topical skin diseases, uh, specifically autoimmune like psoriasis, and figuring out how not just to regenerate uh, 
repair skin tissue, but ultimately how we can, once again, erase what's going on upstream. Because autoimmune diseases, while sort of the focus has been to date on the inflammatory processes and how you know you shut down the immune response, um, that's downstream. Ultimately, upstream, something else is happening and that tissue is damaged to ultimately create the autoimmune state. Uh, and we are focusing not just on the downstream, but ultimately how we can erase that tissue so that, you know, we can turn back time and you don't have to worry about the, the condition, the condition uh, raising its head. So um, that's another important area for us as a company. So, you know, summarizing or listening to what you said, you've talked a lot about uh, erasing, um, quote unquote, the bad cell memories, as well as, you know, reprogramming it. So mm -hmm. that would be the area, as you probably mentioned earlier, is regenerative medicine. And also you guys are venturing to organ regeneration. Mm -hmm. uh, tell me a little bit more about that in terms of, I mean, how does, how does your technology help people? say, regenerate organs, and if you were to go a little bit deeper, how, how does that reprogram the DNA? Sure. So, yeah, I mean, organ regeneration is uh, clearly a major target for us. Um, and we lose millions of people every year around the world uh, that are on organ waiting lists. Um, and there's, you know, as an example, you know, we as a company are, are focusing uh, and have a lot of interest on the human kidney. Uh, why the human kidney? Be, well, even though the, you, know, you come with two of them, uh, at the end of the day, uh, when they start to degenerate, there are two major options, uh, and that is either dialysis or kidney transplant, and uh, both do not yield an extremely positive quality of life at the end of the day. Uh, plus, that represents about $60 billion annually of, uh, of costs, direct costs, not to mention the, uh, the indirect. Um, we are looking for an option between uh, drug, uh, which really there is nothing for you nowadays, and transplant. Uh, because most of the very smart people in this space will tell you that um, – you do not need an entirely new organ um, until a lot of it has been damaged. And so we are trying to fill the space that, of sort of endogenous regeneration that says, look, if we can prevent you from going downhill using our technology and regenerate your kidney, pancreas, heart, what have you, as it's deteriorating, uh, we want to prevent you from ever having to get a transplant in the first place because there's not much for you. And although, you know, there is a lot of excitement, of course, in ex vivo organ uh, development, uh, that technology is truly uh, decades out. So, you know, we are looking at our technology as a, a major stopgap that says, look, if you have uh, kidney degeneration because of one of many situations uh, and you're losing function, let's endogenously repair and regenerate that part of your kidney tissue uh, to make you whole again. And that again feeds into our process of uh, reprogramming and tissue remodeling um, using the same basket of tools. So uh, once again, the, uh, the kidney is a, a complex tissue, just like many other tissues are. Uh, they're not just made of one cell type. 
And so our approach is not a stem cell approach that says, here, let's just throw some cells in because that doesn't give you the endpoint that you want. We basically want to say uh, with our biologics and our bioquantine combinations, uh, tissue, uh, erase this damage in this particular area and reform the tissue that should be here, which is kidney or heart or liver or pancreas, what have you. And, and that is, is the nature of, uh, of the model. Uh, ultimately, uh, creating the right tissue and recapitulating the development process as it originally occurs, as opposed, you know, we, we look at it sort of bottom-up development as opposed to top-down and just in terms of, say, human wound healing. Um, the erasure is once again uh, the epigenetic and genetic damage that happens throughout your life that yields that disease state that allows your kidney, as an example, to begin to go downhill. And that, once again, ties into the various forms of epigenetic and genetic modifying agents that are present in the reprogramming milieu of substances uh, that we are working on. Um, so once again, it all fits into this underlying theme of turning back the time and then pushing forward into the microenvironment to craft the right size, structure, function uh, that is supposed to be there. Okay. Well, one last question. You mentioned a little bit about stem, stem cell technology. Uh, if you don't mind, tell me a little bit more about how, if you were to explain to someone, how, how is your technology different from that of stem cell technology? Well, we, we, we talk about um, top-down versus bottom-up uh, regeneration. So, um, you know, you and I and everyone listening and around the world, we're not formed uh, by our parents mixing together millions of blood cells and bone and connective tissue in a bowl uh, and having a baby come out. Uh, we were formed by one cell, at the, the egg, ultimately, uh, that developed, was one, became two, and it ultimately became several billion that formed us at the end of the day. So we're making an analogy between um, top-down and bottom-up. Uh, a toy example when I'm talking to my children about this is, you know, think of Legos uh, creating a little bird versus, say, origami, where every step in the process dictates the next step. That is how development normally occurs. So what we, how we differentiate ourselves is we are doing what the tissue naturally originally did in terms of a stepwise development process where each step was dictating what happened next in a development process that evolution said, you know, it, you know has drafted for us over millions of years. To try to recapitulate that with stem cells is more of a, a top-down approach. Now, stem cells and top-down regeneration does occur it occurs, for instance, in our wound healing process, whereby we don't care much if we're bleeding to appropriately form that tissue. And we just want the, the scab and the scar tissue to form, and we care less about functionality. So we see top-down regeneration happening in humans, but not for critical stuff. When you have top-down regeneration or you try it in 
uh, more complex tissues, it doesn't work. And that's why our, you know, we have a heart attack, we form scar tissue. Uh, we don't form new functional heart tissue. So this is the difference, and this is where we're trying to bridge the gap between uh, simple regenerative processes and the more complex ones that require uh, combinatorial, out-of-the-box thinking to how you address them. So to sum up, what you're saying is if someone needs to regenerate the heart, your technology will help them regenerate new tissues versus stem cell technology wouldn't be able to help them do so. Stem cell technology has not done a great job in complex three-dimensional organs that have multiple tissue types um, that need to work in synergy. It's a, it's a, um, it's a reductionist view on repair and development that unfortunately isn't how the system works. And it, you know, we, it's the same analogy to why you know, taking a single drug substance for any disease nowadays doesn't cure you. Uh, it's just not the way the complex body works. Um, and so we need our strategy and our philosophy is we need to take that complexity into account. Uh, and in you know, the last hundred years, we've looked at it one way and it's built a wonderful industry for the big players. But now we using the tools that are available to us today, we need to think more holistically on how this is done. Okay. Well, Ira, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. It, it was a pleasure. I hope I didn't uh, ramble too much. But yeah, if you have any questions on any of these uh, topics or any follow-up, please uh, don't hesitate to, to reach out.